The Mind Sponsor for today is upcoming podcast series, Personality Sleuths. Personality Sleuths will be co-hosted by Dr. J. Galen Buckwalter, whose career includes being the founding chief science officer of eHarmony and me, leveraging my experience as a venture capitalist and entrepreneur. We will analyze personality using a speech-based proprietary AI algorithm, along with the clues evident in social media and the popular press. Each episode will dissect the life of someone famous who gained the trust of many before becoming notorious for duping people, committing a crime, or losing exorbitant amounts of money, all while the clues were there all along and how they spoke. Tune in soon. Our heart sponsor for today is Decoding Success. Decoding Success enables you to get a feel for the personality of the people with whom you are interacting passively, without alerting the party that you are doing it, such as would happen typically when a questionnaire is used, the only other means to capture the analyzable data. Using text from emails, messages, or a Twitter account, Decoding Success can optimize your chances for a successful encounter by prepping you ahead of time. Want to know about that entrepreneur in whose company you are contemplating an investment prior to the pitch meeting? Want to screen which candidates will be best suited to join your team before you even meet them? Visit D-E-C-O-D-I-N-G-S-U-C-C-E-S-S.com. this episode, we have Mark Champagne. Mark was born and raised in Canada, where he currently resides. He began his career doing marketing in the pharmaceutical industry, working his way up to being a brand manager, focusing on respiratory products in one company and mental health products in another. He then pivoted to becoming an entrepreneur launching Kio, a digital journaling app. He continues to advise wellness businesses and journaling-enabling startups. He is the host of a top 50 podcast called Behind the Human and will be releasing a book entitled Personal Socrates later this year. Mark, thank you so much for being on our show. I appreciate the opportunity. I mean, our intro intro call was very fruitful and felt like we can go on forever. So I'm always excited to jump on shows like, like this where there's a nice connection. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. There seemed to be such a brilliant alignment uh, in terms of uh, passion and mission. And so it's always a thrill to have guests like you on. Um, because yeah, I just, I, I find I'm nodding my head a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, yes, absolutely. Um, and of course, uh, shout out to Jeff Bietto, um, who's a yes. mutual friend of ours, um, for having the insights and foresight to, to bring us together. So kudos to him. Yeah. Mark, I usually like to start from the very beginning. And so, uh, you were born and raised in Canada. Yes, Absolutely. You can't yeah. see, but there's a full head of gray hair under this hat. I mean, I didn't come out <laughs> like that, but not too, not too long after uh, the gray started coming in. But yeah, born and raised in Canada. I moved around a little bit uh, within the country, uh, originally from a really small mining town in northern Ontario. Um, went to university there um, and then left, left to a city that was a, a little bit closer to Toronto, which is our biggest city in the country. Right. That was always the hype of like any kid, at least where I was growing up, is like the big trip out to Toronto type yeah. thing, yeah. like getting stuck nice. in traffic and how that was really <laughs> exciting at that time, you know? <laughs> Density of people. What's this like? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, I just, I spent some time just outside of, of, of Toronto, um, jumped into the corporate world and that, in that time it was in the pharmaceutical world working, uh, whole 
range of different products and services. Yeah. Uh, you were with Novartis at the time. Yeah, that was that was the main. There was a couple jobs before that, but that was really the main uh, okay. kind of career that started things off out yeah. of university, I'd say. Um, and I learned well, a lot. Yeah. You know, just taking a step back, I'm curious about, um, you know, your, your childhood and growing up in this mining town. Um, do you have siblings? I have two uh, half siblings. My, uh, okay. my dad was married before. Um, and we all get along, but they're just, there's such an age gap that we never, yeah. like I never lived in the house at the same time as them. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. I, I only share that details because I, I do consider myself an only child. Just yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's yeah. how you grew up. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so um, you, know, you talked, you hinted a little bit at the isolation or, or just not having a, um, kind of as many people around. So uh, what, what did you do for fun, Mark? Oh, I'd say, I mean, sports were, were a big one. I played um, competitive volleyball uh, in high yeah, school nice. and basketball and uh, baseball and whatnot. I mean, it was a fun, you know, in retrospect, I grew up and was raised just like really good values, a loving family, mm -hmm. zero, zero complaints. Um, you know, I'm in men's groups now or in a men's group now and, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of my peers in the group talk about just childhood trauma and this, and like, I'm always, I don't, I, 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 I didn't have that, you know, like I, nice. I feel like I was really fortunate in that sense. So yeah. my upbringing over there was, was really good. It was just, you know, very, uh, I don't want to say limited, but it, yeah, it was limited in the sense that I was studying business and commerce and specifically marketing and kind of a smaller mining town doesn't really, you know, it's not like there's a lot of head offices and whatnot to <laughs> to do that. So that was right. always the the reason for or the uh, the desire to leave and explore, you know, the rest of uh, at least the province at that time. Sure, absolutely. Now, what sparked the interest in, in business and specifically marketing? Were your parents uh, executives or entrepreneurs? No, actually. Um, it goes back to Toronto. I had an uncle that was living mm. in Toronto and he was, uh, he was all, he ran his own business and was always in sales okay. as well. Mm. Uh, actually he was, he was selling like candy bars and he was known as like the candy uncle. Like he'd show up in, in, in the town that I was living to visit, right. And the trunk would pop open. It would just be like <laughs> a, a field day in there. Amazing. Right? And I used great. to spend the summers. I spent about five years where I'd go to, uh, I'd go out to their house in the summer and spend time in the city and they'd take me around. And that's kind of where I got the, the bug to, well, A, I just never experienced that. My dad was a minor, so I, I didn't see okay. that. My mom worked at the bank, um, okay. you know, as a, as a, as a teller. So I never really yeah. experienced just that different level of business other than yeah. seeing uh, some of my other family members do that. Gotcha. Okay. And then uh, you mentioned upon graduating, you were in some pharmaceutical jobs before Novartis. Like, what was the draw for that industry? <laughs> there, yeah, there wasn't really, I mean, to be completely transparent, I think at the time, I was really interested in getting involved in sales. Mm. And from what I knew at that point, 
I think, well, what would be, what's the, one of the most like coveted kind of sales jobs. And at least from the information I knew at that time, uh, it was pharmaceuticals and it was like, oh, that's a, you know, if you can get into that industry, it's a pretty good ticket. Um, and it, I mean, it, for all intents purposes, it, it was, you know, I did really, yeah, yeah. really well. Certainly a higher price point than candy bars. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, causality, there is kind of, you could probably surmise that there's a correlation between there, there no candy bar consumption and the need for those pharmaceuticals. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But it was it was yeah. an interesting time. It was just, you know, learning. I mean, that's where it was in the sales training where uh, I really started to p- pick up or start to focus on mental fitness, which is my passion now. And yeah. it, it solely was because everyone would go into this, essentially this three-month training protocol for the company. And either, in, at least in those days, in the pharma world, you're either trained up on the science or you were coming out with a science degree or the the reverse you were trained up on the sales and business side so you know for the most part i was trained on the science and then started to wonder like well we're all going through the same sales training i mean in order to how could i possibly stand out or you know perform better if i don't do something else and that started kind of these these 5 a.m wake-ups or started reading at that time blogs and following people like Robin Sharma and Tony Robbins and wow. just starting to instill these, or I shouldn't even instill, just educate myself that there's yeah. all these principles and practices that, that these top performers are doing. And that's how it all started. That's fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad I asked those questions because that's a gem. <laughs> I don't think yeah. anyone's asked me, to be honest, I'm enjoying this because no one's ever asked me before the app days, to be honest, or even <laughs> even the, the pharma days. So I appreciate it. No, it's, it's a pleasure. And I, I've been rewarded handsomely for doing that because uh, this is these are some of the, the, the things that I love when you can unearth or discover like the starting point of a passion. And as we'll get into it, uh, mental fitness has become such a big area that we have a, an amazing amount of expertise and, and you're now devoted your life's work towards. Um, so it's it's great to have uh, uh, the audience know um, kind sure. of what the genesis was. And and I kind of love that, like, um, you were trying to solve a problem for yourself. And yeah. um, that's what spawned it. I think those are where situations like that is where we, we, we really feel it from the customer client perspective because we are one and um, that's where you find the best solution, so to speak. So you were applying this to yourself and then um, you're at Novartis, you started out in marketing and uh, you were involved in some analytics, um, but then you became a, a manager of a suite of products. Yeah. So it, it's, so I started in sales and then um, the way it typically works in that industry, if you want to get into marketing or product management, which is which was always my desire given the, the education side of things, um, the path typically was sales first, you understand the customer and all of that, which makes sense. And then the next job was this this analyst role, which was mm. usually usually meant you know move to wherever the corporate office was. And that was a typically a two-year role where 
you would be involved in sales forecasting and market research. The hardest job I've ever done in my life. It's, I mean, wow. I'm not a, sure I have a business degree, but I mean, not, I don't, I'm not a, I don't have a major in stats or you know, <laughs> mathematics or anything like that. And, you know, here you are right. um, building these Excel models, basically forecasting these hundred million dollar products. Right. And the, the, like, even though it was high stress to try to figure it out and there was a lot riding on that because essentially, you know, the brand managers would be pitching these numbers to get their budgets. Um, I mean, it went into the sales forecast. So all the bonus structure, you know, for the reps and stuff, you know, were based on a lot of these numbers. But what it also opened up was this whole other way of thinking of just kind of cross validating your work and like triangulating. Okay, well, does this, that's probably the first time a question started to resonate with me. Does this make sense? Mm. I, yeah, I spent three days working on this sales forecast and one formula could be off, but does it make sense, right? And just uh, stepping right. back. Um, and it, it was beautiful because you got to work with, you know, essentially I was one of the most, uh, I don't want to say important people in some of these big meetings, but the one that, you know, if, if the CEO of the company or the VP of the division asked, uh, why, you know, why are you doing this? They would turn to the analyst. Right. right. Yeah. So it was interesting. To, uh, it was terrifying, but it was interesting <laughs> to to have that responsibility and and right. also be involved in those higher level discussions to to really understand how these businesses worked. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. Uh, um, did you rely on any mental fitness tools to to get through that time? Oh, I mean, sorry. I wish I, I just gave a talk for artists not too long ago, actually talking about those very things. Uh, mm. And I mean, that for sure is a role that I could have used that. I mean, and I left that with the audience because, you know, some of the people that I, I worked with in that department, they've moved on, but they're still within the company. And, and they asked the question, like, what would you have brought in? And, <laughs> you know, my answer was just, I would have stepped back a lot more, you know, there's, mm. And, and this applies to any role, but this comes up so consistently through the interviews that I'm doing is that, you know, we often try to push, push, push and push our way through something or push our way up a hill. And like you're pushing the boulder up when in fact, I mean, the, the solutions really lie in the stillness and the silence. Like had I walked away from that sales forecast or if you're a strategist and you're trying to figure out the next brand plan or whatever it is, if you can just walk away and take some time and let your, your mind do the magic, cause the, the, the solutions are in there. Um, yeah. then all of a sudden it becomes, you know, a hell of a lot more manageable and more enjoyable. Yeah. I remember the physical feeling, the physical stress working in that, in that cubicle, you know, late nights and just, just feeling like I didn't have the answer and, oh, the, the, the stress of that, yeah. which didn't really help anyone. Right. Right. Certainly not you. <laughs> the me. toll, the toll it takes on the body physically is uh, is challenging. Um, but you moved from there to become a product manager. That's that was your career objective at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was a really fun, and that's one of the the most fun jobs I've I've ever had, and probably the one that I've I've been able to kind of cross leverage across these these other spaces that I've worked on in, in starting uh, a company and, and all that, even the work I'm doing right now, because 
you know, it, it's the job where essentially no one really reports to you, but you can't do your job without probably 10 to 15, if not more people doing theirs, you know, from mm -hmm. medical people to sales reps to analysts and, and, you know, all of that. Right. But it was really nice to like corral the team together and, and work on the strategy and make sure that everything links together. And, and some of those same strategies, um, I was able to deploy when we launched our app and that's, that's why we reached 80 million people with it. So, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate of, of that, that world, even though, uh, I've, I've, you know, I feel like I've moved on and I'm working in a different space. Um, I learned a ton and, and yeah. grateful for that. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I love stories like that where varied experiences are important because we take all those learnings and that makes us the whole person we are today and uh, kind of the best of those traits to apply it and, and deploy it is always a, a great thing. And so I have to say, Mark, I'm always impressed with people who leave um, large companies or on a certain trajectory um, and, you know, often sometimes referred to as uh, the golden handcuffs, um, and then do something entrepreneurial. And so, uh, share with us about that shift. Well, I know that after Novartis, yeah. you were with a mental health, uh, pharmaceutical company. Yeah, I was with Atsuka in, uh, in a similar role, um, which was really great. I mean, essentially there were a lot of people that had left Novartis and went there and it was just, it was a smaller company in Canada. Globally, it was still a pretty big company. Um, it just, the, the, the work culture felt different. It was very friendly and team, like everyone was, was were, were good friends. Um, so I had a great team, awesome boss, really great experience, but there was always this little burning fire on, I, I almost want to call it like a, you know, a curiosity spark, if you will, around this frustration I had in my morning routine and my mental mm -hmm. fitness that had started, you know, essentially 10 years prior. So I was still doing that mental fitness, um, not, you know, not to the level I'm doing it now where I would obviously would have benefited in, in some of the, the practices for that analyst role and others, but I was still getting up and I was still journaling. I was still taking time to reflect and try to think and process. So there was a baseline practice there, but there was always this frustration um, because I was traveling a lot and I would do the, I would do that journaling, um, digitally. And there was this frustration of taking what I was learning from those blogs and uh, then podcasts started to come out. So I'd be writing down the questions that the, the guests were leaving that they, they were reflecting on in their lives during, during their big shifts. And I, I, I remember like the, the hosts would always glaze over that question or they, <laughs> they jump into the results of uh, basically that reflection, right? Like the, the person hits a wall of some sort or X happens in their life and they say, oh yeah, I reflected on this and then now I'm doing, you know, now I have this, this super successful company or we raised the, you know, $300 million and all, but that whole middle reflective piece exactly. was kind yeah. of glazed over. <laughs> you know, and, and that was the part I was interested in because I was leveraging that information for my mm. own mental fitness. Exactly. So that, so that's, that's, you know, it was, I mean, years obviously of frustration, just like copying and pasting and just knowing that, 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 that the technology piece was not fluid. 
Mm. And then I wrote an email to my brother-in-law and cause he was the closest that I knew uh, that had some sort of tech experience, which, which was not development uh, or anything app related. It was IT, you know, contracts and, and setting up networks and stuff like that. But still, that was the, the closest that I had. And I said, here's my frustration. And I explained the scenario. And I, I just asked, I said, would you be interested in playing around in this space and seeing if we can make something? And I, for whatever reason, I, I mean, I know the reason he, he was always interested in exploring like the app space and he had clients asking about it. So it would have been a good, um, project, let's say. So we started working on it. We started, you know, mm. he had a designer on his, his team already. So we just started mind mapping this, um, at the time my wife was pregnant with our, with, uh, yeah. with, who's now four years old, our son, Caleb. So she was, she was pregnant. So I had, I shared that because I had this time around eight o'clock cause she was exhausted and would go to sleep. So <laughs> that's when I'd start mind mapping what this app could look like and right, right. get it to, yeah. And then we went to a couple conferences that I was going to, um, for the company just around creativity and, and management and stuff like that. And my brother-in-law met me there. This was when we were living in Montreal at that time. And we started pitching the concept. Like we started booking these meetings with really anyone and just yeah. started pitching the idea. And I'll, I'll never forget it was fun because we'd finish one meeting. We'd call the designer and be like, Ken, you've got to make this update, that update, <laughs> right. update the test flight. And then we're going into the next one in 20 minutes. And, and there was just, there was enough validation to um, prove that we're onto something and to continue essentially. That's so great. It's, yeah. I mean, in some ways you had twins. You gave yeah. birth <laughs> to Caleb and to this company. <laughs> Pretty much. One didn't make it though. <laughs> <laughs> the important one did. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, but as we're going to learn, those there were insights that you gleaned from that experience that have informed oh, what sure. you're doing now. Yeah. Sure. So, so let's dive into it. Um, and I appreciate um, you nicely shared the build up to it and how it evolved. And so that's always great to know. Um, take us to the point where you pulled the trigger and said, I'm, I'm leaving Otsuka and this is my full time thing now. Yeah, well, it just it got to the point where there it was consistently being validated that there seems to be an interest in this. Um, and at that time, there was nothing like that that existed. The meditation apps like Headspace and Calm were really starting to take off. So there was some yeah. insight there that, okay, seems like people are open or interested into some sort of digitally guide us, guided wellness practices. Um, but there was still nothing on the journaling front at the time. So it was, it got to the point like knowing, you know, spending a good amount of my career in brand management and strategy, you, you, you can only do so much unless you're, you're kind of all in. And it got to that point. I couldn't really do much more moonlighting. Let's just say my brother-in-law had the other company running. He said, why don't you come on? We can partner on that. You can help me a little bit on the design side of things because he had, or some marketing because he had some clients uh, that needed some servicing there. But then the, the main mandate for me was probably 80% of my time was to launch this brand new business. Yeah. Um, and then with the idea of transitioning all our efforts to that and, you know, yeah. hiring someone to run the other company or sell it or something like that. And yeah, yeah that's, that, that's how it started. Um, I went to town on the strategy work, essentially, like I said, really leveraging my, my knowledge from the pharmaceutical world, 
making sure the messages were super clear um, and being voiced by many, for example, um, collaborating with other brands and people that were, were fairly well known in the space. And I think long story short, we, you know, we launched the app, which took uh, a hell of a, an effort to get out since we weren't developers. But we launched it and we started seeing Apple picking it up and featuring mm. it as app of the day or nice. new apps we love. And we ended up, I think at the end, um, reaching 86 million people across an amazing number. Wow. 130 or 140 countries in different fe- It was insane. Like that's phenomenal. It was, I, I remember we, we had a, our, one of our first team meetings at that point we had moved, uh, we had moved to Toronto. And there was our small little team of five in, in this co-working space I was working out of. And we're just planning for the next product iteration. And we had the Apple dashboard up on the screen. And up until that point, you know, we maybe had 20,000 app store impressions or something, which we, we were still like, wow, there's 20,000 people that have seen about. the app. Yeah. Right. And it yeah. doesn't mean they downloaded <laughs> it, but they at least they saw it somehow. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden it, it, it shot up to 1.3 million. I'm like, what, what the hell's happening? I mean, we're not oh, running no. any ads, any, there's, there's nothing that make that, that, that supports this. And it was, we got our first Apple feature in Saudi Arabia. Wow. <laughs> and then Amazing. that happened. And then it just started to continue in Canada and us and, yeah. you know, UK and then, you know, they, they started to all come in. Which was great and not so great because the app wasn't ready for that attention. Mm. It it was ready for the volume. It wasn't crashing or anything like that, but it wasn't ready for, you know, to retain people and to Mm. have really well thought out flows, like all the things that you, you know, you don't think about when you're in some of these, these great looking apps. I mean, there's such a science to that, right? No, it's true. It's true. And, uh, yeah, sometimes growing, this is typically like growing too fast and not being able to keep up with it. It can be damaging. Yeah. 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 That'd be hard. How did you come up with the name? Keo. Well, yeah. So the there is a story behind it. I When I was with Atsuka, which is a Japanese company, um, it, it was a really... There's a really beautiful culture there, and and you could feel the like the Japanese essence to it, and there was, it was just a different feeling. And I remember I had to I had to go to Tokyo for a conference, and <clears throat> excuse me, it was the first time I've ever been to Japan. Landed there, and I, you know, from my hotel to the conference hall, I would walk to um, to the conference, and I I just happens to be like through the the route. To the conference hall, I was walking through this temple and I'll never forget for anyone listening that, that's been to Tokyo, you know, it's like crazy busy. You get on the subway, yeah. there's a million people crammed in the cars, oh, yeah. but it's, yeah. but it's organized chaos, <laughs> right? In a sense, like no one's talking on their phone. There's no gum on the floor. I mean, it, it's true, quite remarkable, but up on the streets, it was, you know, it was busy. But as soon as I got into this temple, everything just like silenced. Mm. And, you know, I'd take my time and then I'd come out the other side and the pace would pick up. And I remember thinking when we're, we're thinking names for the app, because originally we wanted to call the app today because we were really trying to focus on 
helping people today? Like, what can we yeah. do to stimulate reflection today? And as we were looking at, you know, calling the app today, and there's some of the early mock-ups um, that we were testing at that conference was the Today app. But then we quickly realized we were, we'd be competing against the Today Show and all of that attention. Yeah, And then this right. experience from the conference reminded me of, wow, you know, here's this beautiful, busy city, but it's possible to quiet the mind while you're mm. still in that environment. So we started like, what's the Japanese word for today? And it's Kyo. Nice. Okay. That is a great story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I love the element of being present that, that uh, conjures, um, which you Well, that was the idea. Do. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter whether you, you know, you live in, in New York or in Toronto or in LA. I mean, you, you can find those mindful moments and those quiet moments. It's not just, and that was part of our messaging as well. It's not just for the person, you know, on the top of a mountain in a robe meditating. You know, there we, we can all access these yeah. tools and tricks. Oh, absolutely. Do you, do you recall what district of Tokyo you were in? Was it Shinjuku? Oh, that I wouldn't know. I'm not okay, sure. Just just curious. <laughs> what you've obviously been then, right? Yeah, a few times. It's, yeah, that's uh, a place it, I'd love to go back. It's a fascinating, fascinating city. As you say, yeah. organized chaos is a good way to describe it. Uh, but there's just this energy that is really phenomenal. Um, yeah, there's an, yeah. I, I have not experienced that that type of energy anywhere else to, to be comparable. That to your point, there's just there's so many people, but yet there's still there's some sort of element of organization. You know, yeah. like no one's running it like that. You know, I, I walked in that main. What is, what is that main square crossing where there's just like thousands of people crossing all in different oh yeah photos. i can visualize it yes something crossing should this right. with an s i think and it's just <laughs> that's a great way to think of tokyo i mean yeah no one's yeah. running in, into each other there it just works yeah yeah and like as you say the train stations and how elaborate that is and these enormous stations that have seeming thousands of trains things are on time and you know, people are packed in. It's like, it, we, yeah. we stop at a certain point in New York. It's like, okay, it's full. But in Tokyo, it's like, no, no, no. It's like 25% no, no, no. more room there. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That no sense of personal space completely yeah. lost. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. So um, at, at the outset, well, this demonetization strategy, was it subscription-based or, or kind of freemium? Yeah, it was freemium with, and the subscription was based on premium content or, or upgraded content, let's say, um, which was becoming a problem in, in the way that uh, things were set up because, you know, we started, we started bringing in some featured content that we couldn't charge for just based on the fact, you know, we, we tested with taking a podcast like Tim Ferriss, for example, and, you know, dissecting, I think the one we used was him interviewing Jamie Foxx and I pulled all the, the reflective questions that Jamie Foxx had left. And we put that in the app and we linked, everything linked back out to Tim Ferriss's show. I obviously tried to contact him, but he never replied. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that was an example of, obviously we can't put a paywall on that given it's not our content. But then, then now as a user, as you're coming in, you're like, well, wait a second, I have this awesome Tim Ferriss content. 
but then I have this other content that it's good, but I have to pay for. It, yeah. it started to confuse people. And it just, you know, we, we did some user research at the very end, which we should have done way before, obviously. Mm. Classic, you know, rookie mistake that you hear all the time. Um, and we had a very clear roadmap to, to continue forward, but we were also not naive to the fact that it still would have required many product iterations and a lot more money and a lot more mental power that we just didn't have at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end, we had about 200,000 people, like an active community in the app, and um, we had to shut it down. Gotcha. Because um, the cost to maintain it or keep it going just didn't pencil out at that point for you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize how much, you know, it's changed my perspective on and on any app because a lot of people don't realize how much it costs to you know keep those amazon servers up exactly. and yeah. right ne never mind just the developers to you know keep the, the app functioning and to iterate exactly. on that that's obviously yeah. one of the biggest costs but just just the server costs alone were, that was essentially the only thing we were covering with our subscription mm. model everything else was was coming out of that other company that my brother-in-law was running and also we were in the process of of trying to raise some private capital for it which we were getting close um but again at that time you know com hadn't raised uh a hundred million and <laughs> valued the market at a billion dollars so exactly just, there was no precedent with especially in the journaling space right right now and um gosh what was it like for you emotionally mentally at the time when you had to just come to that conclusion. Yeah, that, that, and that's, that's how the book was, has been stimulated, but that, that was really tough because I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't just shutting an app down. It was, it was shutting down or deleting an identity for the last three mm. and a half, four years. Yeah. Um, the questions that were floating through my mind were, you know, what would my family think? What would my ex-colleagues think? Mm. Because when I wow. left Atsuka, you know, there were a lot of a lot of people questioning, wow, you're leaving a really well-paying job. The team is awesome. Like it wasn't, I wasn't in a scenario where I couldn't stand going into work. Sure. I actually quite enjoyed yeah. it. But I could also see in their eyes that, you know, I feel like 80% of them had some sort of idea on their side that they wanted to start too. So there was like yeah. this element of, yeah. good you know good for you for taking the leap and trying it but here i am now somehow you know they're going to hear from the grapevine that you know that idea didn't work um or didn't financially work it, it worked in many other ways um and i just that was a really defeating and deflating um situation because i was sitting in that same co-working space no team members around because everyone was around mm -hmm. the world um looking at this apple dashboard again looking at that 86 million person reach number and my next right. step is to hit delete from app store it's like how yeah. how could you how could you fail at this level wow. um so that's when i really had to like dive deep into all of the mental fitness and the prompts and from all the interviews from yeah. the app to actually shift the set of questions from um, pushing me into what I, I think I would have definitely ended up into in a, a deep de depression because this is the first time in my life I never had a plan. You know, from oh. university, the plan was very clear. You know, I'm a sales yeah. rep doing this. I'm going to work my yeah. way up. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be the analysts. Then I'm going to go to this. 
the, after product management, the next step was to head to Switzerland as in a, in a global role, essentially. Right. So it was, there was always a plan. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you know, I didn't feel like I was still aligned in, with the farmer world. So I did, that was my initial backup plan to go back. But I, I sure, took, right? yeah, I, I took that off the table. Um, there's no more app. So now mm, what? And no, I'm living right. in a city that was supposed to be, the, the, the city wasn't supposed to be temporary. Where we were living was supposed to be temporary. So right. We had sold our condo in Montreal and we were just renting, just uh, trying to figure out the neighborhoods. So we were in a place that we couldn't afford, that we didn't like, and with no plan wow. forward. Wow. So that was really it's, tough. That's like, uh, uh, kind of epitomizes uh, entrepreneurialism right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah being, in, being, being in that spot now um you did start a podcast at uh, keo yeah so it, the the current podcast that that is on air is behind the human but it was it's the same feed and same oh. show format that keo conversations was okay just gotcha. when we shut it down that was the one thing we you know when you shut the app down then the 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 mission for the next two to three months was trying to sell the assets yeah, of the app to right. companies right. like calm and headspace and and anyone else essentially that would listen to integrate some sort of journaling solution because we had you know we had a lot of you know not the the user journals obviously but we had a lot of other data yeah. that was interesting to see okay well this is what people are actually interested in 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 talking about or the themes that are important right now um, and then while that was happening, the podcast was always this, this such a beautiful business development. And as you know, just, you may get to talk to awesome humans yeah, that it absolutely. didn't make any sense to shut that down. Right. So I, you know, I continued on and, and rebranded it to behind the human and it's, it's still going strong. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was kind of hinting at it. You found, uh, you know, something that you're truly very passionate about and obviously extremely good at. And um, that kind of became the the gem that um, you carried forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and the thing with the podcast that I, you know, I always like to say is that a lot of people focus on the listens and downloads of these shows and where you rank and all that stuff. But I look at a podcast as it's like you're meeting someone for coffee that, you know, yeah. you were mutually set up by whoever to see you, you sit down, you have a coffee, you, you hit it off. You don't know what may come next, but you know, there's something there. And in yeah. two or three years, all of a sudden that something happens <laughs> and I've, I've gotten freelance work because of that. I, mm. it, the publisher for my book, is from that scenario. Wow, um, fantastic! The whole book idea itself is it was coming out of that. That essentially the introduction is that scene I described of eighty-six million people to delete. Um, the editors on the book are coming from New York Times best-selling authors who have been on the show. So mm. these are things that I could never, like, never have yeah. predicted. Yeah, you know when the absolutely. show first started. No, that makes complete sense. Um, the guests that you bring on your show, you are talking about uh, basically their mental fitness practices. 
And yeah. so it's like this theme that you've had throughout um, your life of like the the questions that are left with the audience and just now uh, you're showcasing that. Yeah, it, it always comes back down to, to the questions. I mean, that's how it started with my curiosity on, on essentially cataloging these questions for my reflection. And then it turned into, okay, well, now I need to get the questions from them so they, that they can go into the app and interact with people to now personally, I want to know what they're asking themselves because they're, some of these people are landing up in the book, which these profiles are open with big questions. Um, and I just really live life by the philosophy that we are always one question away from either a completely different life or a different path. Mm. So if we can upgrade our questions, we naturally upgrade our, our life and the results that follow. Yeah, well, that's so well put. And um, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, as you've had all these guests, Mark, what would you say are often are, are some of the major themes of, of categories of questions that come up? I'd say, I mean, the biggest ones are, are the ones that are, are left most often. And I think a great starting point are just clarity driven questions, mm-hmm. you know, and questions that will help train our self-awareness and bring, you know, lift some of the mental fog that uh, most of us carry or, or experience throughout life. And, you know, just some are, are easy questions to answer, but often they're, they're, they're tough because it's, you know, we don't want to hear the answers, you know, like what the question that, that broke me out of my cycle was, what do I want for my life? And, you know, it's a, it's a big question, but it's a very different question from the other ones that I was asking on the autopilot, which was, why did this happen? You know, you know, what did I do to, to kind of deserve this? I worked hard all like, those are just questions that just keep driving you into the ground. Whereas now what do I want in my life or, uh, someone like Naveen Jain, who's been on the show, unbelievable entrepreneur, you know, lives life with imagine if just using those two words together automatically remove all the rules. Imagine yeah. if I could go to the moon, which is, you know, a question he's asked himself and he has a space company to do it now. But imagine if just first of all shifts your mind into a whole other, you know, realm of a creation mindset versus a survival kind of fear and anxiety you know, anxiety and all that. And now you're motivated and driven, feels like you have a plan developing. So, you know, I just really started leveraging those, those questions. And it's why I like to keep the show going because it keeps things fresh. And I've, man, I have learned so many, not just questions, but just different practices that I never would have given the time of day. I would have judged Mm -hmm. from, you know, the moon and back, but now, you know, been able to, to adopt some of these things and see the benefits. Oh, that's superb. It's so interesting how so many of the innate questions are hypercritical in nature. And, and as you say, they're not um, positive in spin or, or think about potentiality. And, mm-hmm. and that survivor uh, instinct, as opposed to, it's a blank canvas. What could we do? Yeah. Um, one of the 
questions that I've always enjoyed uh, that was kind of been a release is if money were no object, how would you spend your time? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then all that, of a sudden, right away, you're thinking, I mean, such a great prioritization question, right? Right yeah. away. Yeah. So, I mean, that yeah. can completely change your business. Yeah. One yeah. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, the monetization side of it and vis-a-vis and -vis podcasts, right? Like, but we're both podcasters and I love the way you described your motivation for doing it because that's precisely mine. The chance yeah. to interact with people and you never know, but then dots get connected down the line and amazing things happen. I, I, you know, tried to explore monetization strategy. I had sponsors for a few months, but the numbers just never are very compelling. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, people will ask, well, so how's the monetization side of it going? And I'll say, and my response now is, I have no idea. And I, yeah. I, I've stopped caring, really, because that's not why I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I realized, I mean, I, I, I can 100% with, with certainty say, I mean, the, the, the work that pays my bills and, you know, we'll see how the book does and, and all of that. I mean, that is the monetization strategy for, for my show because those, those things all came out of the show. Yeah. So, you know, in a way it's there, but I, I do like the setup because it doesn't put pressure on you know, myself or the audience to, to feel like there's like a force fit of, yeah, of, exactly. of products or sponsors. I mean, some, there's been a few that have reached out and I'm open to it. It's just, yeah. it's gotta be the right one. And yeah. it's gotta make no, sense. Well said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I just really appreciate how you're just very naturally gifted at the interviewing oh, process. Well, thank you. And uh, it just, it just, it feels like it's just an extension of you. It's your personality as well. There are some people that uh, you think you know, really just stop doing it, but uh, <laughs> you're, it's, you're really adding something wonderful. And so I think it's great that, that you keep going. Um, share with us more about the book. Um, it's uh, sharing case studies or examples from the material you've gleaned through the podcast. Yeah, it's it's a mix. It's um, it's called personal Socrates questions that will change your life. Very and, nice. you know, at first I didn't like the whole notion of personal Socrates, but then uh, <laughs> and it came from the, the publisher who's a friend. And the more it sat with me, the more I, I was intrigued myself. So. Which actually led me down the path of, well, wait a second, this whole question system that I've been using for a decade now and, and what I'm pulling from these guests actually is the Socratic Socr method. Yes. Most people don't really know about the method. They know they've heard of Socrates, like high level, which is my case. So then the mission became, okay, well, if this method literally saved my life from going into a deep depression and I've interviewed people where it's, it's saved their lives. Um, and propelled so many people forward. Well, how how can I tell the story a little bit differently and modernize yeah. the 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 method and do that through just like the app and the podcast is do that through a lens of relatable stories and different people working different jobs and whatnot. So the the book is split into four or three parts and it's getting clear, 
living intentionally and expanding possibility. And it's in that order for a reason because it's hard to, to live intentionally if you're not clear on where you want to go. But once you are clear and intentional and live your days with intentionality, then all of a sudden, you know, wild opportunities, stuff you can't even imagine start showing up. And, you know, you've experienced that in your life too, obviously. Yes, um, thankfully. And yeah, and and the, and the flip side, of course, too. <laughs> yes. But, yes, also thankfully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... The and then within those parts of the book, there they are profiles, two to three page profiles. Uh, half of them are are from guests from the show, but the other half are from people that, uh, you know, we term like legends of the past. So Picasso or Cleopatra or Kobe Bryant, Jane Austen, like just names that you know, immediately people recognize you may, you may not know the whole story. And, and that's what's been fun on my side, too, because I was trying to bring in a balance of different types of people from different eras. So I was doing the research as well. And basically, the whole idea, including the, the, the profiles from my podcast, it's not to regurgitate their life, um, or to write a memoir for the ones that have passed. It's to take their story and let the story inspire the prompts yes for example so then you know when you're reading these things there's perspective from kobe bryant but his question for example is how am i negotiating with myself because a big thing with kobe was super driven to win an nba championship but like the rest of us human and when the alarm clock would go off an hour earlier than his teammates to go get an extra workout in I mean, he didn't want to get up and his yeah. point was we can all out, we can all negotiate ourselves to staying in bed. I mean, how yeah. many times have everyone listening done that myself yes. included? Yes. So it's things like that. Right. And then thinking about and reflecting on, okay, well, wait a second, where am I doing that in my life? And it, the, the book is loaded full of those prompts and those narratives and the stories. So it's designed for just, again, just like the app was designed, it's designed for people to consume maybe a profile a day and interact with the content so that it's, it's it. applicable. That's wonderful. And I love how you're drawing from so many different walks of life, not just uh, business executives or entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. One of my favorite quotes that I go back to constantly is from Picasso, where he says, uh, action is uh, la clave de cualquier éxito, which means uh, action is the key to any success. Yeah. And, and so sometimes there may not be clarity or there may not be a goal, but you just have to start doing things. Oh, um, sure. Then eventually that comes. Uh, I, uh, this may have been the case for you. It certainly was the case for me, like the podcast. I was just like, you know what? It's, it's interesting, inspiring stories. I'm just going to get started. And yeah. people are like, well, what, what do you intend to do with it? Where's it going to go? I really don't know. That's the key, right? <laughs> and, and the other thing too, with any, like I learned this in, when I was uh, really uh, into photography and it's applied over to podcasting, but getting stuck with the gear and all that. Like I need, you don't, the, the first interviews that I did were recorded on an iPad, you know, yeah. with a little USB mic. And for the longest time was actually one of the most popular episodes on the show. Nice. So, uh, you know, like we can make, we can make so many excuses to why we, we shouldn't start when it's just to take the step forward. 
But even Picasso, like his opening prompt is, what is my art reflecting back at me? And, you know, I, Hmm. I pulled that question or I came up with that question just from reviewing his life and how he had all these different phases to his art, like the blue phase. If you look at his paintings that are all in those hues or the rose phase, and those are all linked back to certain events going on in his life that was, you know, sparking those emotions. So, you know, what's your blue phase or what color phase are you in right now? Just taking the time to slow down and think about that stuff and seeing how we can learn from the different phases of our life. Cause it's not, you know, Picasso, isn't Picasso just from one body of work? It's his entire Correct. body of work. So that, like, yeah. that's a bit of the flavor of, or the 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 desire, or the the goal with the reflection in these sharing these stories. No, that's wonderful. And when do you anticipate it releasing the book? Yeah, it should be out. So we're recording this on uh, February twenty twenty one. It should be out last quarter of uh, of this year. September timeframe is is the goal. That's wonderful. Well, I can't, yeah. uh, can't wait to read it. It's going to be a great read. And I think uh, uh, the you. audience will get a lot out of it as well. So I uh, really look yeah, forward I'm to excited. that. I'm excited. It's been really fun. It's, it's felt very aligned. And, and I mean, I'm learning as I'm, I'm writing it. And, and is that the best part? Following the practices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the best part, right? The, the journey of that is what is so meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, this has been such an amazing conversation. Um, I always like to ask my guests, was there a question I missed? Was there something you wanted to share that I didn't give you an opportunity to? Oh, I don't, I don't think you missed anything. I mean, I'm defaulting to the question I always ask uh, guests at the end of my show. So that's, and that's just because of of repetition and and it's just you know what makes them smile each day so i'll I'll answer that one i mean perfect please do yeah for for me it's 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 this journey and it's Mm. it's coming to the conclusion that we've all heard this this line it's like the the magic is in the journey and you know you hear it and you brush it off and I, i i was guilty of that for years but what makes me smile is actually listening to that advice because it's it's these mm-hmm. conversations that light me up that energize me that get me excited to continue the book and the work and you know hoping that one question or one line from this show or my show or someone else's will you know either help save a life or propel a life or shift perspective so that's that's the journey so yeah so so beautifully said and uh, speaks volumes for why you do what you do, which is really phenomenal. Um, and actually, I, I got a bit of a chill down my spine because there was a beautiful mirroring here, which I hadn't even realized. So um, the friend who brought us together, Jeff Baeto, he also hosts a podcast. He starts everyone by asking, how do you define success? And mm. so when I interviewed him, I ended with that question to him. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> and so it's really that you just did that, uh, allowed me to ask yeah. you that question. Are you prompted? Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Well, it's been well, fun. I appreciate the time to, uh, to, to jam on your show. No, it's really been great to have you, Mark. Uh, thank you so much. And, and I wish you all kinds of success in the future. Oh, right back at you. <laughs>